we stream on, on IG too, but like for whatever reason, it won't. Yo, 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 it's your boy Joe. This your boy Greg with a co pilot from Coast to Coast. We do the most. So, what's your flight? Whatever it is, we got you covered. And today, man, we got a jam packed show for you guys today, man. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit of NBA, uh, All Star. We're going to be talking the, obviously, we're going to talk football. That's what we do. And uh, we just, it's going to be a good show today, man. How you feeling today, Greg? Man, everything good, man. I, I, I'm highly blessed, man, and truly favored, man, if I'm being honest. That's what's you know, up, a lot man. Of things, you know, a lot of things going my way, so I can't complain. Yeah, man. And I want to, before we get started, man, I want to give you your congrats, man, on, you know, getting your certification in uh, personal trainer. And I also see that now you, you, you're doing your thing with it, man. I, I, it's good to see. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate All right. it, man. So with no further ado, man, we're going to get right into the show today, man. And the first thing we want to talk about is let me go ahead and pull this up. Go ahead, get it down here. Banners. Let's go. Let me go back. All right, right here. Put the first one right here, man. And this one right here, man, Lamar Jackson, man. And I want you give me your thoughts on it, man. Um, uh, man, it, that that that's crazy, man. You know, um, you know, I was listening to the Stephen A. Smith show when I heard, you know, it's like you know he got he got a lot of criticism, you know, for his performance and everything like that. Though. Um, my personal take is this: like you know I. Don't blame Lamar Jackson for that loss, man. You know, um, you know, you look at the three turnovers. One was a fumble. You know that, but I, but I look at those. I look at this loss. It's not an indictment on Lamar Jackson, but more so, um, how good Kansas City defense is. You know, Kansas City got one of the best defenses in the league, and we know that during the regular season when the offense, the offense wasn't playing as good. The defense would held the team down because, you know, we look at the offense, you know, the offense had a lot of drop passes. It, it wasn't the typical typical um, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, you know, putting up historic numbers. So, um, and, and this was the year that the defense actually got better. So when I look at this game, you know, back to what I was saying, I don't look at this as an indictment on Lamar Jackson, but just – letting everybody know that how good KC defense is because I mean when you when you look at it when you look at the game I mean yeah he throw the pick he throw the interception in the end zone that's probably that was a bad, bad pick too that was a, that, that was a bad pick that was a you know it, it could have been thrown better but at the same time it was a passing interference call that got missed you know it's clear that um Isaiah Lightly got tackled before the ball even came there but the ball should have been thrown but I believe if 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 he wouldn't have got a tackle before the ball came, it would have been like a deflected pass because he would have rustled for the ball. You know, he's an aggressive um tight end. So um, but outside of that, man, I think that Lamar Jackson was able to um take what the defense gave him. You know, he did what he could do. (laughs) 
She's still going to say still. still <laughs> Castle Troy say still <laughs> waiting on the Bears. No. Hey, you know what? We're going to look out for you. We're going we gonna, to we gonna, we gonna bless you tonight, man. Castle Troy say he want to hear some Bears news. The crazy thing, the craziest thing is this though. When you when you bring up the Bears, man, it's like, what do you think the right direction is? You know, because you sitting at number one, you got the first overall. It was the Jazz game. Hey, you know, you went out for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I I just told I just told the guys that was listening in and the people that was all listening on the live stream that you had some difficulties. But like I was saying, is it's three games I want to mention about this this Baltimore Ravens team and why I think this is why they lost. Um, you look in the Jazz game, the Titans, the Texans game, and the 49ers game. If you watch all three of those games, the one thing that the Baltimore Ravens offense that they 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 struggle early. Like if they don't get get it going, like sometimes they was able to figure to figure it out like they did against the Jazz and the Texans. And even the 49ers, they was able to figure it out like early on once they the offense struggled. But you just kind of knew in this game that the offense couldn't come out struggling. Like they had to come out, and you got to put your foot on 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 Pat Mahomes' neck when you got him down, bro. You got to put your foot on his neck. And the Ravens did not do that, man. They did not. They did not take. They did not uh play. They played so ineffective. Uh, offensively, Lamar Jackson in the run game could not get going, and and the Chiefs knew that. They was like, if we take away the run game and we make Lamar beat us with his arm, that's what we're gonna do, and and that's what actually happened. You look at that, the, you talk about that 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 interception that he threw, but Lamar Jackson never threw that ball. He threw it in triple coverage, lightly threw his hand up like this, and we know how that go. You right. you you you'll target like hey man throw it to him. I say this so he was trying to trust his tight end, but sometimes you gotta save yourself from the tight end. Like bro, you double cup, you triple cover, bro. You had a safety on top of you had a, you had you had it was just a bad throw, bro. You you shouldn't he shouldn't have never throw that pass. Well, I'm gonna and, say this. I, I don't think just that one that one throw was the difference maker. The difference maker in that game because you gotta consider everything. You gotta consider um the fumble by Zay Flowers. You right. know, so easily like the Ravens could have led this game. And so you gotta so when I when I look at the game, I, I ask myself this here, right? Um with Pat, with with Lamar Jackson's performance, you know, the the interception and everything like that with the turnovers. If if the Ravens would have won this game, do we look at Lamar Jackson in the same light? You know, say, oh, he gotta play better, this, that, and the fifth. And, and, I'm gonna and say I, this, man. I think this, you know, if they would have won that game, man, everybody would have been singing praises to Lamar about how much of a court, good quarterback he is, how he stayed true to himself, and he would uh, uh, all the naysayers, the critics, all the people just saying, "Oh man, Lamar, this, you know, Lamar need to play running back and all this other crap." He would have put it to bed, but. Lamar didn't do that. And one thing that we have to keep for me as a person that watch a lot of sports and consume a lot of football, I have to look at Lamar. I have to be honest with myself and say this right here. When I picked for the winners for this game, I knew it would come down to a throw. Like, can he make the throws? Can you go throw for throw with Pat Mahomes? And he couldn't do that. Like, look at that last throw that the the Scantling catch. 
Right. That one catch that he put out there that the Pat Mahomes did. That throw iced the game for the Chiefs. And when you're playing in those type of games, these type of games, man, it going to come down. You just can't use your little legs. You're going to have to make a throw. And Lamar Jackson didn't. We know Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. We we know that. But right. we're saying when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of the game, we need you to make a play with your arm. Can you do it? And in this game, bro, he showed me he couldn't do it. I well, hate to say I, it. Well, I would say this. Um, like I say, man, we look at what he was able to do late in the game. He drove downfield um, three times. Unfortunately, one was an interception. Two of those, one was a score, one should have been a score. And and right. back and like I was saying that, like let's just say if 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 things would have played out, if Zay Flowers don't form the ball, the Ravens take to have the lead lead in this game, or it's a tie game either way. So I mean, you you look at like okay, we give praise to Pat Mahomes, but if we look at it like Pat Mahomes was did what they was they offense wasn't able to do nothing in the fourth quarter. That, they was they, they not they able to do nothing. They were they were scoreless in the second half. So you know we praise Pat Mahomes, but Pat Mahomes wasn't able to do nothing in the in the second half. You know but the thing about it is he didn't. We weren't able to do nothing. But I think what what I think what me and you we uh we disagree at is even though Lamar he wasn't able. I mean even though Pat Mahomes wasn't able to get a touchdown in the second half. The key is was he was able to manage the game a lot better down the stretch than Lamar did. Um, and a lot of people feel like, and, and this is not me, I don't feel like he he pinned, but a lot of uh people like Stephen A, you got a lot of the mainstream media guys like, oh, Lamar panicked, he 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 wasn't himself in the moment, and Pat Mahomes was more poised. I'm not gonna nervous, I'm not gonna say that. I just think that you know, Lamar Jackson, when given the chance, he didn't make the plays that need to make the plays, bro. And we have to be honest with us about that. Like, I know a lot of us, you know, I'm a Florida boy, too. I was rooting for Lamar, too, man. I wanted him to make it to the Super Bowl, too. But it's just like, bro, like, you what? you you playing against a guy like the, uh, Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, where these guys can scheme up offenses uh, and, and scheme up to get their best guys open. It's just like, man, you got to come with it, man. And. You know, as much as we gave Greg Roman, we gave him a bad knock about Lamar Jackson and the offense, the way it was, how the offense was structured. Now we, you got Todd Munkin in there, your offensive coordinator. And, you know, it seems like it's the same result. Well, for me, it's not it's nothing to do with him being a Florida boy or me being a fan of, uh, you know, things of that nature. That is that, you know. I feel as though we don't call things even, you know what I'm saying? Because I think that right. um a lot has to do with the narrative that's on Lamar Jackson. Now, if we would have seen, let's let now for for an example, let's see if we see um what's quarterback for San Fran. Perfect. He had he have this same performance. Nobody say he's panicked or is no criticism towards him. And Not it's the no same. Way. Now listen, ahead, it's, and no, it's the I'm same. It's the same. Off. It's the same with Jerry. We can say the same with Jerry Goff, you know. The, the, and he lost. He they lost, but it's no criticism. Oh, J- Jerry Goff can't do this. Jerry, you know, it's no criticism because it is because the narrative that's put out on the quarterback already, and this is what people tend to stick with. You know, let's just say now. Let's just take away the name on the back of the jersey, and we're looking at the same performance. You know, the same performance. 
forget the past. It's looking at the product that's on the field at that moment. I think we have a different conversation. I'm going to say this. At this point in the season, man, I, I don't care who back, who name on the back of what jersey. It's all about wins and losses at this point, man. It's a whole – that's what it's about, man. And I think for me, I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to – I've been calling it fair for me. I get where, where you're getting at, where you say the mainstream media might not be calling this thing fair when it regards to certain quarterbacks. But I think in this case with Lamar Jackson – I do feel like it's it's a fair assessment to, to say, hey man, you know he didn't get it done. Um, we look at this Chiefs team, bro, and I think a lot of us didn't think Chiefs going to even make it back to the Super Bowl this year. The way they played this season, I don't think none of us thought this. This was this was is this is the Ravens. Is we saying the same thing about Josh Allen? Is we saying the same thing about Jared Goff? I think we it's, are about Josh Allen, not Jared, not Jared Goff. Not. I can't say Jared Goff. But Josh Allen, oh, he getting that same criticism too. He no, got they to. just the only only thing they saying about Josh Allen is the is 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 um the shortcomings of the team. They're not talking about the shortcomings of of um Josh Allen. They saying the shortcomings of Buffalo. They going back to the history and say it's like unfortunate for the fan base that Buffalo has to go through this. There is no type of indictment out on, on on Josh Allen for his loss. And in and, and, and all fairness, Josh Allen played well. You know? I thought Josh Allen played well, too. Right. I do think that uh, I feel like right now the criticism has been even. In my opinion, I feel like the criticism has been even uh, with, the, with the Josh Allen criticism and the Lamar Jackson criticism. Now, when you talk about Purdy and golf, let's, let's be real here. These quarterbacks is not as accomplished as those other two quarterbacks. That's, I mean, okay, golf made it to a Super Bowl. Outside of that Super Bowl run, we don't really I mean golf. Golf not just really building his name back up as a as a top ten, top fifteen type of quarterback. Um, when you look at Purdy, we've been saying this all season. What is it? The system is he a product of the system or is it great quarterback play? And we're gonna talk about Purdy here in a minute. But then when you look at uh, Josh Allen, we know the talent he's he's been. He's been in the MVP running. A bunch of times he probably finished second a whole bunch, second or third a bunch of times in the MVP voting. Uh, we know the talent that the arm talent that he has and the abilities that he can do as a player. So that's why I feel like the the scrutiny on those two quarterbacks has to be greater because of the simple fact that we put all the praise on them when they win. So right. when they're losing, we got to put the praise on them just as equally. As in 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 the losses, but get it, what I'm saying. It, so it, that's it, why I think the criticism with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson's been so great because these guys continue to fall short in the postseason. But how many other quarterbacks do it? We do not criticize, and and, and, and a lot of times, like I say, man, a lot of time, man, you have to look at it. Go back to a team effort, you know, and, right. and I'm big on that. And when I'm watching these games, right, I look at this. This is one of the things I examine, like. Was it anything else this player could have did at this moment and, and, and the outcome could have been different? You know what I'm saying? Now, and, and we're not just talking about one play. We're just talking about, like, okay, we look at – um let's let's take, for example, Prescott last year against the 49ers. He had multiple multiple mistakes against the 49ers. Right. Multiple. This year I would say he played better in, in spite of what other analysts are saying or whatnot. But – when I look at when I look at whether a player laid down did not play up the expectation, I I look at like you know 
did he do anything to screw up the game? Was it just a, a good performance by the defense? Because sometimes we f- tend to forget that Kansas City is a has a good defense, you know, and and sometimes things just don't play out. You know, teams watch films, um, players don't get open. When Lamar spotted an open man, he was able to hit him. You know, outside that that interception, you know. And and like I say, outside that interception, I still feel like Lamar had a fair, decent game, you know. And, I'm and not, like I'm not because thinking. if we look at if we if we look now, check this out. Now you know how like we just everybody praising Pat Mahomes as of right now, right? Right. Okay. Let's say for instance, right? The role the role reverse and 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 Baltimore pull out the win on that game right there. You know what everybody said? They're not talking about how well Pat Mahomes playing. They're going to bring up the fact that Kansas City was not able to score a single touchdown in the, in the second half. This is what they're going to bring up. They're not going to say Pat Mahomes playing good, but they're saying he played good because they won. They're saying everything went because they won. Now, I, the point that I'm making is this, right? I had a partner named Freddie Wilson. He always say stats can be misleading. Which, yeah, on some hands, they can be misleading because you have what you call garbage time stats or whatever the case may be. Team may get off on a good team, but on um, a a good defense, they might underachieve. So, you know, sometimes a person overall season performance can be be misleading. But I think that's only a small portion of the stats that are misleading and not the wide margin. Now. I say that to say this. I also think when you're when we looking at in terms of um when we're evaluating quarterbacks at times, I think at times wins and losses wins and losses can be, be misleading when we are using these as the measuring stick for a quarterback. You know, because a lot of times that's what all they look at and not what went on during the game or the reason why this happened during the game. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, man. Um, I get, I get, I get what you're saying, and and, and, I, and I agree with some of that, though. You know what I'm saying? That okay, if it was the roles were reversed, if Pat Mahomes didn't score, I agree with that. That it might that, that they might be looking at it and be talked about a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, man, it all comes down to man, and like I say, at this part of the year is wins and losses. And you got to look at, like I say again. Lamar Jackson's an MVP caliber quarterback. What he's Correct. done, Josh Josh Allen, he's on the AFC East for the last couple of years. So he's like the guy. He's the team he got to beat. So you got to look at these like like Purdy. He just like Purdy. He came on what late last year in the playoffs. You know, this is his first full season golf. He's in a redemption. You know he got let go from the Rams. Now he's trying to build his name back up as a actual legit quarterback. Now so. I mean, I just think that we we if you want if you want the, the criticism to be fair across the board, you gotta get these other quarterbacks like Purdy. I feel like now Purdy don't get it done in the Super Bowl. He fair game. He fair game. Cause he we gonna keep keep them in the same category as we put Lamar Jackson. But it's, it's how he lose though, like you know, and that and and see when I look like for 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 a while, right? Jimmy Garoppolo had people fooled. Why did Jimmy have right. people fooled? Because the team won. And and although Jimmy Garoppolo is a serviceable quarterback, but I definitely don't feel that he's better than Kirk Cousins. 
I don't oh, feel absolutely. that he's better. I don't, he I don't feel like he's better than Dak Prescott. I don't feel like he's better than a, than a lot of quarterbacks, but he's serviceable and he can get the job done. But you know, so a lot of things got mislooked because the fact that they were winning. But when they lost in the Super Bowl, these things starting to show. Is these okay? Yeah, he missed the player. He missed throws in the fourth quarter, which he do a lot. You know, when they right. get it, you know in clutch situations. So, you know, and it's the same, like, we bring up, like, players like Eli Manning, you know. Eli Manning, you know, some people would consider Eli to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And the reason why, because he won two Super Bowls. He beat Tom Brady. And and that get praised a lot. But if we look at this first Super Bowl, man, that was a goddog on pray throw up. That was yeah, a pray he throwed up and a lucky catch, you know. You know, let's let's that that was what you call a hail mary right there, man. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you know most people when we look at Eli, they don't really look at Eli as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I think most if you look at the Super Bowls that he won, he was carried by the defense of both no. of them. He just he just did enough in the playoffs not to lose the game for them. And I mean, but at but the end I of the day, though, man, he still won a Super Bowl though. That's right, but I will say this: when it came down to you know that's the second this now the second Super Bowl run, I get Eli's props. Like he played like that whole um postseason. Eli was a monster that whole postseason. So right. I give him his props for that. But right. you know, even prior to that, this what you know, they were saying, Oh man, he can get it done and his brother can't. You know, these these are things that was getting mentioned, you know. Um, you know, they was putting him over certain quarterbacks that I didn't think he was better than, but that's what they did, you know. Reason why? Because he won a Super Bowl, right? Well, I, I mean, I think we can we can talk about that. You know, we can beat that up. You know, we can that that's a conversation for a long time. You know, and I think we both we're not going to come to an agreement with that. Oh, we but definitely I do think not. That, I do think that you know um, that Lamar Jackson is a is a great talented quarterback. I don't take nothing away from him. I just think that you know, and this is my closing segment. I'm gonna let you finish the, your give up your closing remarks for this topic. I just think that now the scrutiny is a lot more greater on him now because this is the this is the second time he's you no know, made it to the playoffs and this team would had expectations to win and they didn't. Um, and then you just look at the Chiefs this year. I think everybody know this was probably the year that you if you could have beat the Chiefs, this is the year to get them because the wide receiver position they had drops. Kadavius Tony. You seen what his ass was doing? He all on IG live talking about he wasn't hurt. The Taylor Swift bullshit with with, with <laughs> Travis Kelsey, fucking Andy Reid with his with his his legal issues with his son. Man, it's a lot of shit that's been going on with this Chiefs team this year. And if you thought if anything this was the year that they was going, if they, this Chiefs team would lose, it would be this year. And the way the Ravens had the number one seed in the playoffs, it just seems like this this it. Will the question I'm going to ask you, and then I'm gonna, we're going to be finished the topic. Do you think that Lamar can get back to this point, man? I mean, was this oh, his course. best chance? Of course. I mean, you got to think this is not his only time making it to the playoffs. You feel what I'm saying? Like in the playoff, like I mean, I want to say what every year since he been, since he's been there. You know what and, I'm saying? And, like, yeah, I and, and I will say yeah. this, and I will say this, right? Because you know we started out criticizing him for what happened in his rookie season, correct? Right. You know what I'm saying? When he almost came back against um the Chargers, if, if we remember. So, 
we criticize him for things that happened early in his career. You know, when he won the MVP his second season, and then he went on to lose in the playoff game, which, by the way, that um he had seven drops, by the way, by receivers. And that's another thing that don't get mentioned. So these are the things that get piled on. You know, we, we you know, so these are the things that should get brought up as well, not that just he couldn't get the job done. Let's talk about the miscues with drop passes as well. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, it's what it is. I hey. So if, I if we look at the moves, difference, man, if but, we look hey, at the go. difference, right? If we look at the difference between what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs receivers and the receivers on Baltimore, the difference was that they didn't fumble the ball. That's the difference. And 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 and, 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 and let's be clear now. Kansas City got away with a lot of passing interference calls as well. If, if you know, if we been, I seen at least three that sh- they should have got flagged for late in the game. I mean, to each his own, man. I'm gonna sit here and say this, man. You can't never lead the, and I think we both know this, right? You never lead the decision of the game to the refs. So I can't give them. I can't I, the call. You should never. You should never left it in the ref hands. If you take close, care of it, listen, field, in, you, don't in, have, in, you don't have those problems. In, in close games, we know the we know the game. A lot of times, man, it, if it's in the rough hand, that's that's out of the player's hands right there, man. So I mean, I understand you you can you can only do so much. As players, you can only do so much, but I think that it was blatant calls that 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 should have got called against Kansas City. And 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 I'm not against Kansas City. You know, I like, you know, if if Baltimore wasn't the win, that was the team that I wanted to win. You remember early in the season, this was the team that I had to go back to win the AFC, if we remember. You know what I'm saying? Kansas right, City you Chiefs. Did. You had Chiefs. And so, so I'm definitely not hating on them because, you know, my prediction came, came to life. But at the same time, I wanted Baltimore to win, you know. But if the Chiefs won, I, I'm fudged because I like Pat Mahomes as well. But I think, man, just looking at this game, man, I think that um, I, I think I, I blame the refs somewhat too as well, man. I, I seen three blatant passing interference calls that they should have called that they didn't. Tweets is on, man. You know we're gonna go back and forth about this. Let's slide into another quarter. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, Mahomes, Mahomes, boy, Corey, man, what's up, my boy? He say, um, can y'all help me with my prize picks for the Super Bowl? <laughs> you got a okay, prize yeah. picks for the Super Bowl. Definitely can do that. Oh man, what all what all you gotta tell us what all they got out there, man. You gotta tell me what all they got out there. Oh yeah. And and also, man, you know, Castle Troy, man, he keep talking about this Bears talk, man. We gotta give him something, man. He talking about Bears talk. He say right now, right? You know, he said as of right now, he's torn between um, going forward with Justin Fields and starting over. He's torn between the two, man. You got anything you want to add on that? I would say, man, you know, when it comes to that, man, I just think that, you know, Justin Fields deserve another shot, man, quarterback, man. I think he needs to be a starting quarterback. Um, And, you know, they, the Bears should stick with him, man. They should, but – I can tell you right now, man, a team that's looking for a quarterback, and I think they're going to try to push for him is the Atlanta Falcons. I think you get oh, yeah. that boy back home, you get him. I mean, this this Falcons team is not bad. It, this team is not void of talent. They got B. John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. They got man, everything but a quarterback. They got everything baby. they need. They just need a quarterback. And I that's think it. they get. I think you get him in Atlanta, man, I think you see a different Justin Fields, man. 
So I say stick with Justin Fields, Castle Troy. Yeah, I, um, I, I I would say the same thing. I mean, um, is it? You know, my thing is this. You know, watching him early in the season, and I can understand the frustration against Justin Fields. I I I really can. You know, because it's like kind of like um. Damn, I, I don't want to misspeak, but I'm I'm thinking about Ahmad Green. If, if anybody recalled Ahmad Green when he was with Green Bay, Ahmad Green yeah. most of the time got off to a slow start. But when he got in the cold season, he it was he was probably like when he got cold, he was like the best running back in the league when it got cold. You know, Ahmad Green talking for the Green Bay Packers, right? Exactly. Okay, I and him. um. This is one of the things we've seen out of Justin Fields the last two seasons. Like starting out the season, you know, it was like you know everybody was calling for his head, but like at during the end, man, down the stretch, he gave you something to be excited for. You know, you know his, you know, you look at the numbers that he put up later in the season. It's like he got better acclimated with the offense, and so it leads you to believe that okay, man, with a better court court you know with a better coordinator with um more experience or whatever the case may be you know the bears could potentially have their quarterback of the future but at the same time man when we watch him early in the season it's like god damn what the hell is going on he's on the guy off the line again still on it went off line But yeah, though, man, you gotta um, you gotta shoot your prize picks, man. The one you aim aiming for, man. You know, I ain't really, I'm not familiar with how they got these prize picks out. So you gotta um, gotta show me which one you you looking at, man, it's, and, and send it to us, man. We we'll get you some feedback on it. My bad, bro, man. That was some shit on my end, man. It's all good. We yeah, you know, finish your, finish with your sando. Damn, what the hell I was saying? We we're talking about uh oh Justin Fields. About, uh, oh yeah, I, yeah, we're talking about Fields. Yeah, I pretty much covered that. Um, I was telling, I was telling um homeboy man to saying like you know what he talking about with his prize picks as well. You know, give him some feedback on it. Yeah, that's that's because I'm I'm pretty much like man. I'm I'm not really familiar with how it go. I know people pick on certain things, but he want you know he want to see what's going on in the Super Bowl. I'm waiting well, on. I, I mean, um, he have to put his prize pick parlay. But I could pull. I mean, I would say some people that you probably want to bet on, and it's just on your parlay. You know what I'm saying? Is a guy you might want to part like Isaiah Pacheco. I think he'll be Pacheco. a good person. You want to bet on your prospect? I don't know what they're gonna have from over under or from the yardage or whatever. But I think he's gonna be key in the Super Bowl. Isaiah Pacheco. Another guy I think is gonna be key in the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, obviously. Uh, the wide receiver Rice, forget his name, first name Rice. I mean, last oh, um, name Rice. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know you're talking. He's about. gonna be key, and he's gonna be key moving forward with this team because I think Kadavis Tony, he's not on this team next year. They got yeah, he's he done. He might not even be in the league. I don't think he's in. Yeah, I think he's out of there. after this. After the way he did AFC Championship game, I think he's out of there. So they're gonna lean heavy on Rice. Um, on the other side, of, on the other side for the 49ers, a team uh, you probably need to watch out for Bubble Purdy, man, Trouble Purdy, or whatever Purdy. Oh, We're gonna talk oh, about Brock, him in a minute. Yeah, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Um, I think he might be able to, may have a low key breakout game in the Super Bowl, so he might be able to help you cover whatever your pick is. And uh, my uh, my last one I would say is 
is a guy like uh Brandon Ayuk. He's a guy that you might want to uh some of the 49ers that you might want to bet on as well. So those are some guys I would say you probably want to take a look at in your prize picks. Um I would stay away from Mahomes, man. Mahomes haven't been looking good in the playoffs as far as over under. He's just been like basically at the game manager status right now. So I would stay away from Mahomes. But those guys that I just gave you, Brandon Ayuk, uh Purdy, uh you give uh Rice Kid and the guy Isel Pacheco, those are guys that I would say lock pits for your prize pick. So that's what I, I, I got for you, boy. I definitely like Brandon Ayuk, and and it's the reason why because um, you know, a lot of times when Debo Sanders, Debo um, Debo um, Samuels get used, you know, a lot of his yards is after contact, mm-hmm. and I think we're um when we look at KC linebacker core man with Nick Bolton, I think that they're going to watch that tightly, man. You know, so it, I right. think that he's it's a chance he could have a harder time trying to get past Kansas City linebackers. And I, I think that this would leave um Ayuk open. I think that um he's the better target going downfield. This may sound crazy to most people, but I think he's the better target when we're talking about vertical. Right. So um I, I definitely think that um in the passing game, I would go with Ayuk. Um also, man, you gotta count for McCaffrey, man, because um all purpose, they're gonna have to use him. They're going to have to use him, man. I don't care what you say, man. They're going to have to get him involved, man. Um, Hold on, man. My, my boy uh, spoke black. He said, man, let's talk about L.A. Rams football. Do y'all think y'all, y'all will make the playoff next year with departure of – hold on, let me see the rest of – with Morris, with with, with um, D.C. Morris, would the defense be better? Well, um, I, I'll say this with, with the Rams – yeah, with the Rams, man, I would say this this team's gonna compete, man. One thing you gotta know about Sean McVay, man, that guy's a competitor. He don't oh, like yeah. facts. and so they're gonna find another defensive coordinator, just like they found Brandon Staley, just like they found Raheem Morris. They're gonna find another D, D coordinator. One thing I noticed about, uh, and we're gonna talk about this later in the show too, as well. Some of these coaches' trees. Uh, one thing about Sean McVay is. Is that guy know how to find uh good coaches? Every and so he's gonna find somebody there. And I think the defense will, will still be great. Do they take a step off? I don't think they will. If you look at the way the Rams play defense, they play like a, a sort of a zone type defense where they only gonna send for send for drop a lot of people in coverage. So I think you can find a, a guy that can come in and can teach that same principle concept. Shit, hey, Mike Caldwell is on the street. He's not a bad defensive coordinator. He can come in there, and I definitely guarantee can shore up that defense. So, I mean, yeah, man, they ain't going to take no drop off. Trust me. They're going to be all right. I I look at this with the Rams, man. You know, I I feel as though, you know, the offense is going to be their bread and butter coming to next year. You know, you still got um, Cooper Cup. Um, You got that new kid. um, um, Came, think it's got doggone name right now. Um, um. Come on, the running back? No, nah, the quarterback. Uh, I mean, the, the, the receiver. Oh, um, but yeah. You Pachula, still got yeah. him. Um, you got you got the running back from that um Kyron Williams that came from um Notre Dame. So I think that um they have a lot a lot of talent on their offense. So you know, so I think that this is going to still going to be their bread and butter. When you got a coach like Sean McVay, man, he all you know you got one of the um got one of the brightest coaches out there. So. I think that he's going to be a good job. I think he know who to hire, who who he's going to pick, 
And I think the offense and the defense are going to feed off each other, you know. So, um, and also, man, you got to look at the draft picks, man. Um, and they were just talking about the Rams the day on 1010XL when I was coming home. And they was talking about how um, the Rams was able to hit on a lot of their picks, you know, and not just on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defense as well, man. So um, I think that whoever they bring in, they got a lot to build. They got a lot to work with, you know, yeah. on the defense, on the defense right, side man. of the ball. So I think that they, they'll be all right, you know what I'm saying? Um, granted, they're not going to be Jacksonville. Sorry, for, sorry um, spoke black. You know what I'm saying? I hate to be the bearer of bad news, you know. But um, you're going to be all right, though. You're going to be all right, brother, you know. Yeah, um, definitely, man. With your ugly behind. I got to talk trade. I'm a dog, though, man. Shout out to Spoke Black, man. Ain't nothing wrong with it, bro. It's all love, man. So, question on the screen right now, Greg, man. You, yeah. did, did, did Purdy prove credits wrong, man? Um, Brock Purdy? Yeah. Well, my thing is this, man. I feel that he's a good quarterback. I, I – I didn't see the thing with with that. I didn't even much listen to the critics because of this. It's only his second year in the league. You know, every quarterback is not going to come in and do what Pat Mahomes did. Everybody, every quarterback is not going to come in and, and do what Tom Brady did. You know, so it's like, man, we we set the bar so high for these for these kids, man, and we have to realize, man. Man, you you have to realize when we when we watching um Pat Mahomes, man, we witnessed greatness, one of the best to ever play the game, man. So I think it's unfair to um set the bar so high with these quarterbacks. So I think that um he's able to get the job done, and I I would say yeah, as far as yeah, he he have his flaws, you know, he has his flaws, and and that's always going to be spoken of. But I think the only thing I think that the 49ers has 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 their quarterback, man, and I think they're in good hands with Brock Purdy. Well, my to answer this question, I think that you know Purdy, man, it it's still it's still to be out. The the system still be out for him. And the reason why I say that is because we look at a guy and we talked about him earlier. We were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. We seen what Jimmy Garoppolo looked in his offense. He looked it similar like Purdy, and, and people forget. Remember when Jimmy Garoppolo first got traded to the to the 49ers? Remember he went on like a six-game win streak under right. Kyle Shanahan. They beat Jaguars that year. They they and then they end up, I think they end up getting hurt and they end up shutting down for us in season. Right. Came back. Purdy, I mean, Garoppolo was really never the same quarterback. He did get him to the Super Bowl the following year, but he was never the same. My point is I'm trying to make is, is Kyle Shanahan is a this 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 offense that he has. He can he, basically you can make the throws you need to make in this offense. You can succeed in this offense. So I think to a point that he hasn't proven the critics wrong that he's an elite quarterback. But I think he has proven the critics wrong that he is a quarterback that you can put in the league as a starter and he can win you some games. Now this right here game right here is going to be the granddaddy of them all. It's the Super Bowl. So right. can he step his game up? Because one thing I know about Steve Spagnuolo and his defenses is, and people sleep on him, man. I think he's probably one of the greatest uh, defensive coordinators in the game, man. And I put him in the category with, like, the Dick LeBeau's, you know what I'm saying, or the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the day. I put Steve Spagnuolo in that category. And if people forget, too, though, Steve Spagnuolo, that same defensive coordinator that beat that 17-0, uh, that 19 or 21-0 Patriots team. 
He was the defensive coordinator on the giant staff then. Right. So I just think that Spad's going to have these guys ready and Purdy ain't going to be able to do some of the stuff that some of the easy throws and some of the layups that teams give him. Spad's going to make him beat him with his arm. Have we haven't we seen him do that on a consistent basis? No, because anytime that they've gotten down by more than like 14 points in the game, they struggle, they lose. Now they came back from this game and that was more so, you know, Dan Campbell giving them the game, but I don't think that right now it's still to be determined for Purdy, man. Well, I would I would say this, you know, I'm not gonna put the elite title on her, and I think that that's where the debate um come in that, you know, we want to put the elite tight on to him. And, and the reason for it, because how well he's been playing. Mm-hmm. So um, so that would cause some to say that he's better than this person. He's better than this person. Um, You know, things of that nature. So, And I think that this would the, the debate get caught up at, you know. And I, I think that, man, that just like a lot of it is just outside noise. And I think for 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 Purdy himself is is best not to get caught up in it because you know I don't think that he has to be elite to win games with the 49ers. You know, I think only thing he has to do is just go out there and ball. You know, if we look at and and going back to a point I always make that um you know this same argument can be made about about um Tom Brady early in his season he was not an elite quarterback in his first three Super Bowls. You know. He didn't become elite until later in his career. Well, we could say when most when Randy Moss got there. And so, so, but nevertheless, he was able to win games. He won three Super Bowls. So I think that um think that he they 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 are in good hands though with um with with Purdy. I think I think they're in good hands, but I do think that they're going to need another quarterback, man. I still do because Purdy, let's just see how can he stay healthy for, you know, a 16, 17-game season. Now, this year he proved it. Last year he didn't. I think you need another quarterback in there because I think at some point you're going to have to worry about the health of this guy, man. He's still relatively a small guy. Um, And, again, man, I think he's more of a system quarterback than me, me personally because – we 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 thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was that guy, right? And then I, I didn't you know, think Josh that. McDaniels, yeah, we, I didn't. Remember, hold up, though. When Josh McDaniels went and got him to the Raiders, they brought him out to the Raiders, and we saw that Garoppolo ain't that man. Garoppolo just another guy. He's a jag. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't think that about him. I thought he was a decent quarterback. I thought he was very serviceable. You know. And that and that that can be said with a lot of these other quarterbacks, but I never had Garoppolo in, in high regards as being an elite quarterback or things of that nature. I, I knew he can play. You know, we seen him under um Bill Belichick again with um you know under under them, and he played well when um Tom Brady was serving the four game suspension. And you know, prior to then, his biggest flaw he stayed injured, but you know, when he was in the game, he played well. I think right. a lot of people get what well, they get messed up with Jimmy G is they look at his record because the motherfucker don't won a lot of games, man. Oh, of course. But he don't won a lot of games, but then you look at the, you look at his just overall his career and you look back and you just be like, bro, like, well, like, you know, in the big moments, it didn't it didn't matter. Cause like Super Bowl, you overthrew a wide open receiver. I mean, it was dude was would have been a walk-in touchdown. He catched right. that ball. We might not be looking at the Chiefs the same way as looking at him now. 
You had a few overthrown balls. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say now Purdy going to have to step his game up. If he can get it done this year, you know what I'm saying, win that Super Bowl, I think then now you got to start looking at, okay, then Purdy now he can win. We can, you know, we got we got us one. Um, right. But until then, man, I, I'm, I'm going to hold off on that. And I still think, again, you got to get another quarterback. Purdy just too small for me, man. I, you know, <laughs> and you, you know, look at like, I don't know, man, like outside of Purdy, man, who you got on that roster, you got rid of Trey Lance, you got rid of uh, um, Garoppolo. So you got rid of guys that can run in the system. Now you do got, I think they got, um, what's the boy? I think Sam Darnold, I think might be the backup right now. Right. But but see you know, know we man. we put this title as 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 system quarterback but we just had you know and I'm glad you brought him up with we be talking about Trey Lance you know Trey Lance was one of those guys came in, in that same system but wasn't able to perform um we look at um Nick Mullen you know he had you know his first game playing for the 49ers he played good but after that he was non-existent um. We look at the quarterback that we have as a backup. He was also over there. Yeah, Bedford, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I mean, we we can say a system quarterback, but at the same time, man, you know, I don't I don't think it's a bad thing to be a system quarterback, you know, quote unquote. Now I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing to be a system quarterback, but I do think that you know what I'm saying? Being a system quarterback, teams can game plan around. You. Now, teams now I will hard. say this: I think that's where that's where what I think that's where in one position where that when you look at like the eliteness and like system quarterback and all that stuff, where you got to be like, all right, well, I know this guy can't raise his game to elite level, um, so I can game plan around him. I can neutralize it. I can neutralize the, the offense. Whereas a Pat Mahomes, this guy can get off script. We've seen it. He get off script and he can still beat you with his arm, his feet. You know what I'm saying? Like he can beat you with his mind. Have we actually seen Bubba Purdy come come through a phase of his game like that where he can be like, all right, I can outthink you. I can out, you know, I'm going to be a little bit more physical as far as like I may have to use my legs or, hey, I'm going to use my arm because I know I can get that ball in this tight window. Like, we haven't seen that yet from Purdy, really. You know what I'm saying? So I think this is going to be the stage that you'll have all eyes on you to prove that, hey, man, I'm I'm that good, bro. Or I'm, I can be a system quarterback and still lead my team to a Super Bowl mm. and win it. Yeah, I think so, they good either way, though. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put that on no, that on. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna put that weight on this shoulder. I mean, every quarter you want, you want any quarterback to win. You feel me? Right. But at the end of the day, you know, now I do think that he benefits from playing with, um, playing up on the Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I but, but who wouldn't? You know, what what quarterback wouldn't benefit from him? But I also think that Kyle Shanahan also benefit that benefit from um having him as well. You know. Because I, I mean, when I watched him in college, I thought he was a good quarterback. You know, now I'll be I'll be honest with you though, Greg. You like the first person, bro. You know what I'm saying? And this is when we were still, you know, we were talking about a podcast early on in the year. You was talking about Purdy, and you said, "Hey, man, Purdy was that guy, man." Like you watched him in Iowa State, and you thought that he would be good in the NFL. Right. Um. So you were one of the first people that really was really on the Purdy train from the jump. 
Yeah, you got um, to man. Me, man, it's just I just I just got to see more, bro. I just got to see more, man. I got to see I got to see what he do in this Super Bowl, man, cuz I know this is going to be probably one of the, the toughest defense he's faced all year. I mean, the Ravens defense was tough too, but this right. is going to be another tough task, man. Like can he get it done? Hold on. What's up, King? Man, I see you, man. <laughs> One of my partners just just um he just chimed in and whatnot man he just he just logged in yeah man um I think he like the Raiders or something he like one of the more odd teams man my partner from out of Orlando yeah but um oh man we got to go into the coaching carousel man oh yeah let's talk about that man let's talk about the coaching man and and I want to open this um. Uh, this topic up to a lot of other stuff, man, too. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna put I'm gonna take this Purdy thing down real quick. That's Pat Mahomes, duh. Oh, no, that's Purdy. I thought that was Pat Mahomes. That's Purdy okay. right there, yeah. That's Purdy. So I wanna talk about this, man. I wanna talk about it from the NBA and NBA. So I wanna try to combine both of these 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 coaching things to into one topic. And you know, coaching carousel been crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? We see what we see what Raiders black coach Antonio Pierce he took the Raiders job. Um, right. We still got uh, two more coaching uh, slots out there. The Commanders still haven't uh, filled their job, and I think the other opening is just uh, one more opening. Forget, but those two slots still haven't been filled yet. My um, question is to you, man. Oh, Raheem Morris he took Raheem the job Morris. at the Atlanta, but I want to. I want to talk about that, and then I'm gonna let you go into your set with you. you know what I'm saying. All the these these media pundits has been giving you know all this praise to the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. They all been talking about how you know we see the Sean McVay's, the uh, Kyle Shanahan's, the Sean, the Mike McDaniel's, the Matt Lafleur's. All these guys, uh, Bobby Slowick, I think he was on that staff too as well. He's uh offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Hold on. Hey, Risha just said, hey, hey, Carl, we see you. <laughs> we see you though. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, you know, they've given these guys all these praises. They're giving them like, oh, you know, yeah, you know. So now Raheem Morris been thrown under his coaching tree. And I just want to just point this out. ESPN, y'all wrong. Y'all posted something saying that he was under that coaching tree. He was not under that coaching tree. He was actually under the coaching tree of Mike Tomlin and uh, Tony Dungeon. Tony Dungeon. That coaching tree. That's where Raheem Morris came from. So if we want to give praise to, like, the coaching, let's give praise to those guys first because they're the guys that gave this guy opportunity now in the NFL. Now, he was a coach in, like, some other spots in the college ranks and all that stuff. He got a coach with the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? He didn't have a quarterback. And we talked about this earlier a little bit on the phone. And he pretty much had to repay. He had to rebuild his name up in the league. It took him 10 plus years to now get a head coaching job back. And I just want to know, and I'll let you talk. Why does black coaches always get screwed like that, man? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's crazy, man. It's 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 hard to put a finger on it, you know, and um. Uh... And and it's just how it is, and we look in America. Let look at how it is in America. You know, as a black man, we always gonna have to work twice as hard. You know, as our Caucasian brothers, 
you know, and that's just how it is in America. You know, it's not always the case, but majority of the times, that's just what it is. And um, and and it, it's crazy, man, because and, and, you know, it, it, like I say, man, it's crazy. It's hard to put a finger on it because you know, it it became very um prevalent to me when we look look at um the coach that was with the Bears, um, Lovey Smith. You know, Lovey mm-hmm. Smith got fired after winning ten games. You know, going over five hundred, and it was a coach that led them to the um led them to the Super Bowl. By the way. Right. With um with with a with a Rex Grossman that was a quarterback by the way, and um not only that also led them to um another NFC Championship so he was very capable you know, and then we look at um we look at um some of these other co you look at um Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy co- correct you know after um building that Tampa Bay team after building them but guess who get the credit for it um we give the credit to um um Chucky. What's the dude's yep. name is um uh, John Gruden, you know, which was highly unsuccessful after leaving um Tampa Bay. You know, he had two runs with with um with the Raiders and and unachieved both times. And he actually handpicked to 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 go to the Raiders the second time because of Derek Carr. Right. And they unachieved under him and they was successful with different coaches. Um, we can look at the same thing with Hugh Jackson. You know, his first year as interim interim quarter coach, leading the Raiders to um, I want to say an eight and eight record or whatever the case may be. Eight. It was eight and eight, right? And and so, man, this this happens a lot. You know, I, and I, I don't know is that they feel that you know they want to put a certain face out there, a certain image, or whatever the case be. You know, um, I can only speculate. You know, I can only speculate. But I think that I do think that a lot of times um, race is an issue. You know, I think that that's why the, the Rooney rule was incorporated, even though I think that is, you know, is I mean, hey, it's needed. It, it's one of those things that's crazy. Like I shouldn't have to make you um, give me an interview for a job. And I think a lot of times it's just a show because you're going to interview a co- coach and just to um, get rid of them. You know, it's a lot of politics involved and whatnot. And and a lot of times, you know, black coaches are not given a fair chance. You know, we look at um this wasn't um not Hugh yeah, it was Hugh Jackson. Um we look at him when he was at um Cleveland, you know. A lot of times these coaches is brought in, they're brought in with, with quarterbacks that are not capable of playing. You know, these are um, quarterbacks that's being brought in to be backups, and they are expecting these coaches to make the most out of these, out of these quarterbacks. You know, we look at um, Raheem Morris when he had Josh Freeman, right? You know, under that stint, you know, they got rid of him. And they brought in Greg Schiano. Um, so you know, this, this happens a lot, man. You know, and and like I said, man, you bringing in. Um, we look at the coach that that's in Washington. Um, Airbnb, like why haven't why haven't he he gotten a job yet? You know, but but I would say with Airbnb, but they're constantly bringing in these head these coaches from the collegiate level that haven't even proven that on the college level, but they bring them into the NFL and say like, um, like Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, one of them. You know, like you know, I don't understand the logic behind. It. Well, I would say this, man. You know, it's 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 unfortunate that you know we have to do a Rooney Rule and things like that. But 
it's the good old boy system, man. I hate to say it, man. If you it, and I'm kind of glad now that there's been a shift in guard and coaches, in a sense, because you look at okay, Bill Belichick got passed over on that job. They hired Raheem Morris, and right. I think it's a more of a youth movement now. So a lot of those old coaches now are not being considered for jobs, and, and I think it's great for the league that they're putting new faces out there because for the longest, man, let's keep it a buck. For the for about, I mean, as much as we've been watching football and even basketball to certain we're gonna talk about Doc Rivers always getting the job ass in a minute. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's always the same coaching and coach cycle. Like, look how many jobs of uh, I can like your boy, um he he was a coach for us for one year and then he got end up getting another job. Uh Mike Malarkey. Mike, Mike Malarkey yeah. had three head coaching jobs, bro. He had a head coaching job with the Bills. Head coaching job with the Jaguars, head coaching job with the Titans, three head coaching jobs. And this guy hasn't, he really didn't do much in league. He was a great offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, great offensive coordinator for, for, the, for the Steelers. But I mean, as far as leading the men in, in, in a, as a head coach, he really wasn't really that successful. But he got three opportunities. And you look at guys like, you know, like I said, we go to Raheem Morris, it took this guy 10 years. Plus 10 years just to get his name back out there, man. It just don't seem like it's fair. Fucking Mike Malarkey, the next year after getting fired from Jacksonville, got a head coaching job with the Titans. <laughs> and he went 2-14 and 14 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Make Great. it make sense. Right. And then, you know, it was also noise behind um, Mike Tomlin. They were saying as if, like, um, you know, should, should um, he get fired? You know, whatever the case may be. And you have to understand, it's a quarterback that never played below 500. In in spite of the the injuries with with Ben Roethlisberger, and in spite of not having a um a, a a starting caliber quarterback on your roster, you know, in in spite of um in spite of um you know just being looked at as team that or oh, we need to get a quarterback or, or whatever the case may be, you know. This team wasn't even a spec. This team has overachieved majority of the, of the, of the years under him, you know. But at the same time, you know, they always look at, um, is it over with for him? It, it, um, should should Pittsburgh move move on from him? And and this is one of the reasons, man. You know, I like I like the Pittsburgh Steelers organization because they are highly loyal to their players and their coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? So um I, I I definitely have to have to um respect that because you know they could have listened to the outside noise and parted ways with them, but they choose to keep them. You know, they only had in their his, in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers they only had three head coaches. Yeah, I agree. But I want to ask you, let's set way to another coach though, man. Do you think that because there is there is rumblings that at one point they was gonna hire Ben Johnson as the head coach for the commanders? Uh, there's reports today that Ben Jetson has informed the the commanders and whatever the other team that got a, is another team that got an opening. I can't think of the name. It come to my head. He basically told them like, "Hey man, pull my name out of the hat. I want to stay with Detroit." This Me? this is my question. What's your question? Okay. Most you know a lot of times in these situations, a lot of times the offensive coordinator get get the, get the job, but whatever the case may be. They even get some type of consideration. Right. Why aren't we see that, seeing this with the commanders? 
You know what I'm saying? The offensive coordinator gets some type of consideration for being the next hire for the head coach. So you job. feel like Eric Bellamy should get a get, should get a shot at the at the head coaching job? Yes, why not? Yes. See, and, and, and 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 allow and also don't just give him a job in hopes that he failed. Give him a fair shot and allow him to bring his quarterback in. You know, I'll say this. I will say this though with Eric Bellamy, man. I'm rooting for Eric Bellamy. I wish he could have got a job two, three years ago when his name was a hot man, a hot man on the market. But I think taking this commander's job, he betted on himself like, hey, I'm gonna turn this commander's offense around and get them good. And then the season went, they started off great, and then now it didn't end so well. So now it's like, do teams feel like They'll look at him and be like, "Well, you was under Andy Reid. That was all Andy Reid. You went to you went somewhere else. It didn't work out. Now, is it fair? No, because we can say the same thing about the guy that that's back on Andy Reid staff, the Bears' old coach. Uh, what oh, they coach? Y'all uh, know the one that was at the Bears. I can't think it's not. Now he was he, he offensive coordinator back at the Chiefs. Now, right? Uh, and so it's like they didn't say that when he felt in Chicago. They didn't say, "Oh, that was all Andy Reid." They they, right. they, you know what I'm saying? They gave him a chance. I don't think they give him a chance. And then I guess he has some history about what he did back in Colorado. I think it was allegedly uh, maybe an essay charge. I'm not really sure. But I think that right there is that I think him taking that commander's job and them not making it, not doing good, I think that might have sealed it. But my Man, question is to I'm you I'm just going to be honest. I just think because he, you know, he's black. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. Call I mean, it come on, call man. It. Let, let, let's call, call it. You know, I'm just going to call it like it is because, I mean, you're only going to get so much out of backup quarterback. You're only going to get so much. You know what I'm saying? You're right. only going to look so bad as an offensive coordinator when God doggone Patrick Mahomes is your quarter, is your starting quarterback. You know, you know, you get what I'm saying? I got what you're saying. You're only going to look so bad when Tom Brady is your starting quarterback. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Brian Leftwich, he haven't. He was a hot now. He didn't even. They and that's, man, that's, that's crazy, though, too, because it seemed like Leftwich was a hot name. Doug Peterson got the job over him. And then it seemed like when he went back to Temple, and it's the same thing with Eric Bellamy. Think about it. He yep. had one bad season with Tom Brady. and they fucking just like now nah, his name ain't, ain't the they don't even mention it, him no more for head It wasn't time. because of the offense. It was because Tom Brady on was giving out. Man, Father Time hadn't caught up with him. Exactly, like he catch up with every other quarterback. Everybody. The same thing it did with Peyton Manning. Same thing it did with Joe Montana, Dan Marino, all these other coaches. Right. This is what happens. But what? Right. what blaming on the offense coordinator, and they threw him under the bus. Like they was like basically like he got let go. He got relieved from his job as offensive coordinator. Yeah, he was the fall guy. And he was the fall guy. You know what I'm saying? And then check this shit out, though. And then the, the irony in this shit is, is the, the new offensive coordinator, he gets a job with the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So it's like, so when, you know, it's just crazy how they do black, black, black offensive coordinators and things like that because now, you know, this what all the success that he had with Tom Brady didn't mean nothing because 
I don't even think Leftwood's even on the coaching staff right now. I don't even show nah, anybody in the chat. Him. Y'all let me know if I'm wrong, but I don't think Leftwood's on the coaching staff right now, man. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see him. I didn't see him on the coaching staff this year neither. I didn't even heard it. So, I didn't even hear his name get mentioned. Me either, man. So it's just it's just unfortunate that black coaches get treated like um, that, man. One of the one of the coaches though, man, that's out there, man. That, that I feel that he was probably like. The best, I mean, outside of um outside of Bill Belichick, I thought he was the best coaching candidate out there. And Ooh. that's um Mike Vrabel. I was surprised that Tennessee let him go. I think that they're gonna regret it in the long run. But um I think Mike Mike Vrabel is like probably like the best coach out there that don't have a job right now. I agree. I think Mike Vrabel is a good guy. Um it's unfortunate he got let go at the Titans. And for us, you know, being a Jack fan, I was glad he let his ass go. Cause oh, I, would, I definitely I went mad about it. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, like, I, I, yeah. I was surprised, but I went mad about it. I you mean, know, I felt it was unfortunate for him, you know what I'm saying, as, as, as a head coach and as a man. But um, as for the Titans organization, I really didn't care. You know what I'm saying? I feel Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They can lose the rest of their games. I mean, I wouldn't be mad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't. Which bad, but I wouldn't be mad. I, I think so. Also, too, man, it's like, you know, this this Mike Vabro was dealt the bad hand, man. Let's just keep it a band. We know how this go. If you bring in a GM, you fire the old GM, you give the new GM full reign over your team. Basically, hey, I don't know if they, what this coach gonna do. And I knew Ram was gonna end up firing him at some point because. This ain't the guy that I want. This ain't my guy. This is who I fell in on. And this is another question, right? Who in the up? hell out there is sitting in the draft room talking about we want Will Levis as our quarterback? You know what I'm saying? No, Me, man. myself in that situation, you know, and I think this is a mistake that a lot of teams make. You know, I think a lot of teams make this decision. You know, we did it a lot as Jaguar fans. Mm-hmm. We just get a quarterback for the sake because we need one. We're just going to get one in the first round. We need a quarterback. Even though we don't feel like this the guy, but we still get one anyway. You know what I'm saying? I think Malik, I think, I think Will Levis was not a bad pick. I think it was the pick before that, the Malik Willis pick. Was Malik the one Willis? Because hmm. remember who was in charge for that? Charge of that. Dude. The other GM. The GM, the dude right. that got the other GM. So right. from from, the, from the little bit from what I read in Titans blogs and spaces, the knock was that Vrabel didn't want Malik Willis. He wanted them to draft somebody else. I think a wide receiver, uh, right? Maybe something. I mean, else. I mean right, rightfully so. They didn't want I mean, Willis. They felt like, hey, we got Tannehill here. You know what correct. I'm saying? Let's let's keep let's. We got Tannehill. We all right. We need other need need positions. The GM John Robson, that's his name. John Robson. Right. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna draft Malik Willis because you gotta you remember they was hyping Malik Willis up like you know what I'm saying like he could be the next you know freaking what's the dude McNair dude oh, or right. he could be the next big big quarter black big quarterback or whatever. Yeah, and came from like Liberty or somewhere. He came from Liberty, yeah. But I think that was the knock too. Was like this guy played at Liberty. He haven't really played no upper competition, so we shouldn't be trusting. Long story short. The GM and the coach, they both was in a disagreement on who they wanted at, 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 at the pick at that pick. They went and got uh, uh, Malik Willis. Training camp came around. This guy wasn't developing. Like they like this guy. This guy is not going to be ready to play. 
So basically, they, you know, they kept they rolled Tannehill back out there. Tannehill already felt some type of way because y'all drafted the quarterback. You know how these you know how these QBs get. They get in their feelings. Draft a quarterback, and you knew that. And and I think from that point on, the relationship between the GM and coach was it was it was already fractured. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think you know. Then you go hire Rand, you bring him in, and now Vrabel looking like, well, shit, you brought another motherfucker in. It, I mean, because usually the GM and coaches usually attach. If they fire the GM, you know the coach is coming right behind him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pretty much. Joined Pretty at the much. hill. If they joined at the hill. So it's like you didn't do that. And I knew Vrabel knew he was coaching for his job this year. I knew he had to know he was coaching for his job. And I thought that he did enough this year to keep it. The way that they end, end the season beating Jacksonville, knocking them out the playoffs, I was like, well, they're going to probably give him another year. Oh, yeah, I definitely you know thought they were. I, I didn't even I much think that. I didn't even much think that his job was uh, – it was a question of him keeping his job after um, this season. I did, too. I did, too. You know what I'm saying? But let me ask you a question, though, man. You know, I posed this question a few uh, a week ago, man. Do you think the commanders need to really push for Mike Tomlin? I, 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 for me, now that Ben Johnson has said he's going to stay with the, the Lions as offensive coordinator, if I was, if I'm ownership and they got guys like uh, Bob Myers, um, they got him. He's on in their front office now, as, you know, and he know how to build a team. He helped build the Golden State Warriors, so I think he's going to play some dividends in this. Uh, in this rebuild of the commanders. They brought in some other people as well, consultants, to help with this front office. My question is, is if I'm that that if I'm, if I'm in their front office, the I won't give I'm on the phone with Pittsburgh right now. What do we got to do to get Tomlin in the building? What we got to do to get him in the commander? Well if, if I got to give up some picks, what I got? Like now I would say it's some people like Terry McGarvin, couple couple people on that roster I now nah, y'all can't touch. But Everybody else, hey, we got to give up a third round pick. We got to give up a fourth round pick. We got to give up a fifth, sixth round pick for Mike Tomlin. Whatever we need to get to get Tomlin in that building, I'm doing it. Well, you know me. Um, I'm doing if, it. if if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, soon as they call call Washington, call my phone with the off, I'm hanging up because I'm not even entertaining <laughs> no offers. You know what I'm saying? I'm hanging up and I'm blocking a number straight up. That's just how that's going. You know, that's just me. But um, but now if 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 I'm the if I'm if I'm if I'm the commanders, oh yeah, you got doggone right, man. I'm trying. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up everything. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna give up the whole ranch, you know, for Mike Tomlin, because I mean, then you deplete your team for a coach, and then now you blaming him when the team underperform. The first thing you're gonna say, I gave away all this to get you, and now you underperform. You know. I mean, along with a good coach, they also need talent. Right. And um, and along with talent, they also need good coaching. All that work hand in hand. So um, like I said, if I'm Washington, man, I I, I if I'm not gonna hire Eric B enemy, uh, you know, if I don't feel like that guy's out there who I'm looking for, I promote Eric B enemy as, as as the new head coach. But if I'm looking at me myself, the guy that I would be looking at, and I just said his name, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is a good name out there, man. I think he's probably the most best, the the most 
Most slept best on available right coach. I try right. to say it without getting tongue twist, but I think he's the best available coach right now. You 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 have to go with a guy. I think with this commander's team, man, you gotta go with somebody proven, man. This commander, let's let's keep the band, bro. The commanders haven't really been relevant, bro, since Joe Gibbs came back in the early two thousands, man. Correct, I agree. And because at least with the Joe Gibbs team, although they was competitive. You knew they weren't making no Super Bowl, but at least the Commanders was the, the, at the time they was competitive. It was a competitive team. They made it to the playoffs. Right. They they gave the NFC East a fight. They didn't just like it was just wasn't just you no know, Dallas, New York, whatever. It, they they made it interesting with Joe Gibbs. And Joe Gibbs probably has been their best coach ever. You know what I'm saying? But I think. You know, you gotta go. You gotta make a swing here. You, you, you ownership, new ownership. You gotta go out and be and let your fans know we're not we're not acceptable to this losing shit. You gotta you gotta sell the fan base, man. I mean, you gotta look at it like that because I mean, the Commanders right now, man. I mean, you you have a chance now to really change the trajectory of your franchise. Now you've got the Dan Snyder cloud over your head. Now it's gone. You can really bring in, bring in the people that you want because we know what Snyder is. Dan Snyder is a control freak. He wants certain people, certain things done his way, and that's why they probably haven't really won anything in Washington. But now mm-hmm. you can really, you can really set the tone. That's all I'm saying, man. If I'm Washington, bro, I'm doing what I got to do. Tomlin is the perfect fit, bro. And I know you say you went answer the phone, but if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm listening. Hey, because let's let's be clear, man. As much as I love Mike Tomlin, bro. I think he's lost the locker room, man. The shit that was happening in this locker room, bro, this year, in the last two seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it would never happen on Big Ben Watch. It would never happen on Heinz Ward Watch. It wouldn't happen on it wouldn't happen on the boys watch. The boys held them boys accountable in that locker room, man. So I just think that, you know, Mike Tomlin, like these these this era or these this wave of, of Pittsburgh Steelers. He, they not feeling it. So I just think his message needs to go somewhere else. What better way to go to the commanders, man? That Let's team see. right there, bro, I think he was, it was spark light into that franchise. And I think it would be a home run higher. He played at William and Mary. Bro, I think it's a win-win situation if I'm the commanders. I don't think Tomlin lost the locker room because you have to look at, um you have, a, you have young guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And when you have young guys, things like this happen, you know, you have to have, and, and like you say, with Heinz Ward, Big Ben, these guys, I mean, and if you could mention names like Joy Porter, these were veteran guys, not veteran, but these were veteran leaders, you know, and and and, and, and that's one of the things that each team has to have, you know, in, in inside the locker room to prevent things like this from happening. You know, we look back with the Jaguars, we was talking about last season, Um, leadership came from when, Arden Key was over there, and and he was highly praised for that. Although we let allow him to go to um Tennessee, but he was highly praised for that. You know, dude slacking and everything. He getting in the chest. You know, so um I don't think that it's more so that he lost the locker room. I think that it's more so that um you dealing with a a, a group of immature guys over there, and, and they just need a um a, a leadership presence. I, I agree to that. To I agree to that, and they, they do. I think they, there is a more of a leadership presence, like more veteran guys they need in that locker room. 
Um, but I just think again, it goes back to, you know, like if you don't get those veteran guys in the locker room and you let these young guys run rapid, you know, you're gonna get the same results you had this year. You know what I'm saying? And so I just think at some point the Steelers gonna really have to look at, okay, yeah, we going to the playoffs, but do we but, really have a fucking chance in it? But, but but the results you know this year was a team that overachieved though. They did, they, 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 they you know. Did. So really you have to really, look at keep that in mind. They overachieved, but let's not be let's be clear. It was a lot of shit was given to them. Like you no know, cars had to fall their way to, you know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of it had to do with Jacksonville, you know, us doing what we did, but I, I just think but that, you know what I'm saying? You have to you be the team to capitalize when the opportunity when the opportunity is that you have to be the team that capitalize on it. You know, um, some teams don't capitalize on all opportunities that's given to them. Last season, we capitalized on the opportunity that was given to us when things went our way. You know, um, when um, the Titans quarterback got hurt, um, Tanner, he got hurt. Um, the rest of the team started going downhill, and we was able to capitalize and, and win games down the stretch. This year, we right. wasn't able to do that. And, and things were supposed to go our, go our way, but we wasn't able to um, – we wasn't able to answer. They was one of those teams that were able to answer. So we underachieved and they overachieved. So I went, you know, so I'll, I have to look at that, though, you know. And, you know, this is still a team that doesn't have a proven quarterback on their roster. I I, 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 give, I give you that, man. I, I, I To a certain degree, I'm going to give you that. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think that, in a, in a sense, though, too, man, that um, – I think that we can't keep giving him the just okay. We know he don't have a quarterback. Got it. What are you doing to try to get a quarterback? Number one, and then number two is is we just can't keep giving him that pass of okay. Well, because because if you know what you can do with the quarterback and you're still not getting it done, then that means that we can't keep giving you that pass for that because obviously you have accepted. This quarterback play, you have you haven't went to management, and we don't know all behind the scenes. I don't know if Tomlin beating down the fence, GM like, hey man, you need to get me a quarterback. I need a quarterback, need a quarterback. I don't know that, but at some point, it feel like you're accepting some things, and I think that's where the accountability comes at with Tom with cop with Tomlin is he has to accept certain some certain things that that's going on in the locker room, and if you're not going to be the voice to clean it up, get it corrected, then you become the problem in the locker room in a sense. So you're allowing it. So that's why I think that like he might've lost his voice a little bit. I don't, not saying that the players don't respect them in the locker room. I just think that, you know what I'm saying? I'm speaking from, from a leadership aspect of me being in the military. Like, like your soldiers will listen to you, but then it gets to a point where like, cause your soldiers know you and they know kind of like the, the, what, what you're going to do, how you're going to move. And then they tend to do things around how you do things. And then, like, basically, they tend to, like, you know, they're going to get away with certain little stuff. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get away with it. And then it's just like sometimes as a leader, you kind of let it you kind of let it slide because, hey, you know, shit's still getting done. Same thing with the Steelers. You let it slide because, hey, you want that game or, hey, you know what I'm saying? It didn't cost us this game. You know, we let it. We let it go. We don't address it, and then it's just start festering, 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 
until it gets to a point where now I've been letting it slide, 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 slide. Now it's became a problem. Now when you try to address it, sometimes it's like, well, shit, you've been letting me do it, like getting away with this this behavior. Now you want to you want to try to try to check me now on it. It's like, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm getting. I just think that you know those little nuances in leadership sometimes can get in the way. And I just think over the course of these last couple of years, those things has gotten into the locker room, and I just think this is affecting the, what's on the field. I say, man, you know, it all, it all boil down to, ha- you know, like having like, you know, players that, that that's immature or whatnot, you know, because um, like I say, man, like with a quarterback position, you know, um, I wouldn't say that he didn't reach out and try, didn't try to get a quarterback. I would say it's more so that um, and it go back to the point I was making um, when I say a lot of times when teams just draft a quarterback on the strength that they need one instead of waiting to the following year. Um, you know, the, you know, they got, um, the, t- the time when they was picking their quarterback, um, the best quarterback available was Kenny Pickett. Right. He was considered the best quarterback available and, and that's who they picked. Now in doing so, when you pick a quarterback in the first round, you're pretty much stuck with him at least for like two to three years. You pretty much stuck with right. him. So it's like you have to go through, you know, you have to go through the bumps and bruises because not it's a it's a it's nine times out of ten you're not going to pick another quarterback in the first round unless you're um the Arizona Cardinals, you know that's the only time that we didn't seen that that happen before. But um, man, yeah, I say man, I um, like I say man, I think this is a team that overachieve. I think that they just you know. They just need a quarterback. Yeah, I, I do think they need a quarterback. I I, I do think that. Uh, but you made you said something about uh, young guys and immaturity and things like that. But these are the guys that the, I think what what I get confused, I guess a little bit lost that when it comes to that is because you say immaturity in the in the in the young guys, right? Right. But like that that's where you're telling it though. Devontae uh Devante Johnson, whatever his name is. Deontay Johnson. And then you got and, and then you got uh George Pickens. These are talented little young wide receivers. So right. if they're immature and you and, and to me, you're saying, well, I'm not sure. I'm just speaking, I'm translating that into oh, you need to get rid of these young guys. They they're immature, they they met their counselors in the locker room. But if you get rid of you, those guys, then where you're talented at. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, at. I'm not saying you you get rid of them. I'm just saying that in your locker room, you have young guys in your locker room that are immature. And the only thing that prevent that is having a, a veteran leadership in your in the locker room. You know, a lot of times you have the locker room. Your locker room is just your players. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the coaches to himself coming up with the game plan, whatever the case may be. But when you have a lot of things going on in your locker room, man, this is where you know, in your locker room and also on the field is when the coach is not there. This was when you need your player, one of your players on the field to step up and be a coach. You know, we brought the same logic up when we was talking about basketball, Um, how that, you know, certain teams, when I was talking about Boston, I say one of the things I felt that made Boston better was when they brought um Al Harris. I mean, not Al Harris, but um Al Holford. I felt that he was that leadership. He was that leader on the court. You know what I'm saying? 
coaches, right. the coach is not going to be on the court. They're going to yell, they yell from the sideline. They're going to have their adjustments. But a lot of times, man, you have teammates. They 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 take better to players on the field. Like we look at um on Roddy White when Roddy White was um in the league. Right. Roddy White had issues of maturity as well, but one of the things Roddy White credit for making him a better player when he was his time in um at, at Atlanta is when they brought um Joe Horn over from the Saints. He said Joe Horn being over there made him a better receiver, and we saw it with the numbers. His numbers got better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I can agree sometimes bringing in veteran leadership. I think in, in in any locker room you gotta have veteran presence, and I think I think the biggest thing that's missing in this, with the Steelers is just the veteran presence. People not holding them holding these young boys accountable, and I and, and I think also well I say you know Tomlin voice I think is has grown stale in a sense. So because you got to think too, man, with all these guys like Devontae Johnson and George Pickett and and uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, TJ White, a lot of these guys, you know, they wasn't around with Big Ben. Like, Big Ben was been gone. You know, he retired now. AB was gone. Like, some of the veteran guys that we used to love from the Steelers, you know, they, they just not in there no more. So, it's like it's a whole new regime of the Steel Curtain. And we're so used to looking at Steel Curtain as just a physical, you know, they about defense, hard work, and just – that's the, what the wet embodies of Pittsburgh Stiller. And we don't see that. We see a lot of diva, a lot of just a lot of like immaturity issues with this Steelers team. And I think that's probably where, you know, for me, I'm like, man, damn, my tummy just need to go. Maybe. And I'm not. And there's no knock on tummy that saying that. It's just sometimes I think it's just good. Just a, a new voice. Like I said, I, I like you know, what um, me, I'm like, damn. So it's like, you know what? Sometimes you know what, though? Maybe I don't need to say that to them. Maybe um, I'm gonna let somebody else say something to them or whatever, and, and maybe they get the message through them. Even with my kids, it's the same way. You, you gotta um, let other people talk to them sometimes. They just don't. The message don't get through all the time. That's all I'm saying. Um, um, Brandon Lamp, um, Lampley just chimed in, man. You know, um, shout out to Brandon, man. I um tune in to his podcast as well, man. I I check him out a lot, man. That's what's um, up. A lot of times when he come in, man, I appreciate you for coming in. He also say, man, he feel that um, Pittsburgh overachieved, man. And, you know, I agree. I feel like they overachieved. And I feel that um, anytime you have a team that overachieved, that the coach's voice is being heard, especially when you lack talent in your important area, which is the quarterback position. So, you know, the defense, I mean, the defense still was able to play. Um, He – um. We look at the running back position, man. He got a lot at the running back position this year. When we look right. at, um, we look at, um, who that was? T.J. Warren, I think. Yeah, T.J. Warren. Uh, T.J. Warren. Uh, yeah, along you got Jaylen, with um, uh, Najee Harris and you know, Jalen so, West. Dude, Jalen what? Um, I forgot. Um, but, but Jalen Warren. I think it's Jalen Warren. Yeah. Jalen Warren. Okay, I thought it was T.J. But yeah, but um, you had a two-headed monster in the backfield, and you know. He was able to, you know, get the most out of these dudes. You know, we look at the receiver uh, position, man. You're always going to have divas at the receiver position. I don't care if the team winning. I don't care if the team losing. you just going to have that. That's just what it is. So, and um, that's just the nature of the game. You know, um, we look at um, Michael Irvin on the, on the winning Dallas Cowboy team. You had divas over there. 
You right. had, you know, you had even on winning teams, you have still have players that are disruptive. So I wouldn't say that it was is it's because of Mike Tomlin voice that has grown stale because I think the evidence that he still had his team still have his back that they was able to overachieve. You know what I'm saying? They still won games. Now, granted, they lost to a better team in a playoff, which we didn't even expect much of them because they did not have no quarterback. Like, we do not expect nothing out of Mason Rudolph. Like, you don't expect nothing out of him. So, I, you know, like I say, man, I just got I just got to give Tom his props, man, on that, man. Well, I'm going to say this, man. Like I say, I don't, I'm not knocking Tomlin as a coach, man. I think that's where I think what we probably dis, uh probably think well, because I'm, I'm not knocking him as a head coach. I just think that, you know, overall, I think this still a team has to really look at, okay, just because we overachieve, it's the coach that we got. Is he's is the voice being heard throughout the locker room? And can we translate? Can he maximize this roster? I think Tomlin has maximized this roster. And I think that even though he's maximized this roster, that in the same breath, you can lose the locker room too. And it's like, yeah, you're maximized, but they just not listening to you. Like maybe there's another voice that can come in there that can really can really get this team going. Now, granted, you still need a quarterback, which I think that in the offseason, and there's reports that are saying that, you know, the Steelers might make a push for uh, Russell Wilson. And I think if you got him with Tomlin, you got you got a potential Super Bowl team right now. Like, you can win a Super Bowl with that team. The defense is already there. You just need a quarterback to get to, to to your weapons. So if I do that, why get, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if, if I'm going to make these type of moves, why would I get rid of a proven coach? You get what I'm saying? Because we have seen time and time when you bring coaches in, certain coaches in, and they're not the guy. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, we look at the most disruption that, that this team has dealt with this year is came from their receivers. That's right. who it's came from. And we know that any time that the receivers don't have a a, a, a capable quarterback or, or they don't have um somebody that can get them the ball, receivers are going to cry. That's just what it is. They're going to cry for the ball. They ain't getting the ball. They not getting enough touches. You know what I'm saying? So I say that, you know, with this team, I don't, you know, it's not, more, I don't think that it's more so the coach not being heard. It's, it's more so that you have diva receivers that are not getting the ball because they don't have a quarterback. And that's where the problem lies at. They don't have a quarterback on their roster. I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 there's some validity to that. I ain't going to sit here and say, yeah, because the court, the divas. But then it's just like it's certain stuff like not just outside the receivers though, man. But even your boy uh, Najee Harris, he was saying stuff in the locker room. He went, he made a comment about the offensive coordinator, um, Matt Canada. I mean, it's just so much stuff that's been going on with the Steelers locker room, not just with the Devontae Johnson and George Pickens, but you know, the uh, Najee Harris making comments. You got guys on the defense making comments. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, these guys, it's just it, it's just like stuff that you're hearing from out of, out of a Steelers locker room that you never heard from in the past. Now, granted, they had the issues with A.B., but they got rid of A.B., and they was able to right the ship for some, some way. But even if you think about that, I think the problem started with A.B., honestly. I think, you know, when, when, when Mike Tomlin let A.B. run amok in that locker room, that was the start of 
that message that he had starting to go down because AB did a lot, man. And, and, and I don't know if you followed it, but like Tomlin was letting that boy miss practice, all type of shit, man. And granted, you know, we treat our superstar players different. We know how the game go, but I'm just saying like, it's a lot of stuff that happened with that AB. And I just look at AB situation and I look at how the locker room is looking at now. It's just, I just think that it's, it, that was the start point. And now you're just seeing more and more and more. You know, I think at some point, you know, Tomlin Luck going to run out, man, with him keep winning these games like that. And it's going to start the show. Like the cracks in the armor is going to start to show at some point. I, I hate to say it, but it's going to show, man. But you just say this, that same can be said for any coach, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right. the point you're making, like these points can be made for any other quarterback. Like, you know, let's say like next season, okay, they still don't get a quarterback. And he go, what, 6-10 and 10 or something like that. They play a, a game below 500. You know, right. to me, these things are not an indictment on, on, on Tomlin. You know what I'm saying? This team is not the most talented team out here. You know what I'm saying? We This team is like you got Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. These teams are better than Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? Even you can say on um, Cleveland. All these teams, this team made a playoff in the best division in football. In the yeah. best division in football, I, I, you know I get, I get it, man. So I get I, it. And, 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 and so at the end of the day, like he got to be getting through to them some type of way. You know I, this. This is I not can't. like this is not like us, the Jaguars, right? And we was able to win in in a in a in a, in a trash division, right? This is the 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 toughest division in football, and he was able to make it to the playoff in spite of not having a quarterback. Right, now let's talk about this Jaguar thing because I'm glad you mentioned that because we want to talk. We, I'm gonna play a little bit with that because you said you sat here and you said okay, well, the, you know, the Jaguars and the vision and all that right there. Okay, cool. But the mistakes. Look how the season went this year, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this back in the tunnel. Hold, hold on one second. I, I got a comment. Yeah, um, Brandon, man, I agree with you, man. He say let Tomlin walk out the door would be a mistake. The Rooners are smarter than that. If they part ways, it would be because Mike wanted to. I, I agree because, you know, and just comment, I'm going to let you get back to your point. Um, I agree because um, it's like I was saying earlier, I think Pittsburgh has like one of the most loyal um, front office in probably all the sports. So I definitely agree with that. I agree. All I'm saying is this. So I'm going to make my point. Just like you were saying, okay, they over, you and Brandon both say they overachieved. I'm not saying they didn't overachieve. Right. I think they did overachieve. But in the same sense of overachieving, you can still have the lock, lost the locker room. Think about this. Jacksonville, right? We started off 8-3, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? You seen how the collapse was. Right. There, there, and I don't know if you've been reading some of the same stuff in Jacksonville in, in 1010 XL, been talking about it. But some of the reports I've been reading about Jacksonville was that we was letting a lot of shit slide, like tendencies and things like that in practice, all that, that we was letting a lot of stuff slide, but we was winning games. We was winning games and it didn't, it, 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 it covered up a lot of stuff. And I think this is the same situation in, in with the Steelers. That yeah, y'all overachieved, but it's a lot of stuff that's being covered up through this winning. And I think that it starts with Mike Tomlin. I just hate to say it, 
But I think it starts with the coach, man. Um, and, and I get it. You don't want to lose a coach like Mike Tomlin because he what he does. He guys can coach. He's one of the coaches that run the coaching. He's not one of those coaches that's gonna be like, ah, oh, make excuses for the player. He's he's a coach's coach. Like he one of them coaches that pop one of that. He know that one thing that that person that player can do good. I'm gonna put him on the field just to do that. And that's all I need him to do. I don't need him to do shit else. But he coach, he's a coach's coach. Like he coaches up and as much as I like that, much we we like that, is it getting it done though? It's not, bro. It's just not. As much as we want to sit here and say, "Oh, he's good of a coach," he is he ain't getting it done in Pittsburgh. How many so other coaches not you, getting it done? What point did you say, man? I'm gonna let it go and, and, and take and take away, take away like the sorry teams. Don't take away Jacksonville's or the world. All them. We know it's Pittsburgh still the Stanford. They about winning championships. You know right. what I'm saying? We put them in the same category as the Cowboys. The Chiefs, all the elite uh, organizations. So it's just winning, just good enough now. That's what we selling no, for. Now but no, no, it's, it's not. Winning. But look at how many teams. Hey. Look at how many teams that you have that have a better team than Pittsburgh roster. You know what I'm saying? That hasn't won anything. You get what I'm saying? So on, and we know that, and we know that the reason why Pittsburgh hasn't they have not landed a proven quarterback. You know what I'm saying? It, we know the nature of the game. You have to have a quarterback. You either got one or you don't. You know. Okay. So and so, it's go all back. Right. So I don't mean to cut you off though. So you say they need a quarterback. So correct. Tomlin, Tomlin had Ben Roethlisberger damn near his whole career outside of like the first maybe two years or something like that because right. you know Bill Cowell had him for the first couple of years and then Tomlin had him. right. Tomlin only got one. Only been two Super Bowls. Show for it. But how many co- so coaches that has what? a better? How many coaches has a better had a better roster, and still haven't able to even much accomplish that? Hey, I'm just saying I got to play devil's advocate because the same we see the same because you look at the teams he's been losing to. He's been losing the teams like he lost to Jacksonville. He lost to them one year. He lost us. He lost to um New England. You know what I'm saying? So like I say, man, I mean. That's the same thing we look at with Bill Cowell, right? You know, Bill Cowell lost in the Super Bowl. It took him 10 years before he made it to the to the Super Bowl again and won. So sometimes, sometimes it takes that. That's why I like the, the loyalty that the Steelers have for their head coaches because sometimes you don't win right then. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you are not the better team, you know, it's it's one thing if we look at this Pittsburgh team, we say, man, they just ain't getting it done with the talent they got. They're underachieving. They're underachieving. Then, yeah, I can understand. But we're looking at a team that, man, like, man, they are – we don't even – nobody has them as the best team, as the favorite or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Don't nobody even – ain't nobody even had them pick to go to the playoff this year. You know what I'm saying? But they still made it. They did. So I, – I, I ain't taking nothing away from Pittsburgh, man. I just think, you know, when we talk about the grand scheme of things, when it comes to just the coaching aspect of, of Tomlin, bro, I just think he has to get some accountability in this, on this, and we can't just keep putting it on, okay, they need a quarterback. Yes, they need a quarterback, but there are some things Tomlin need to do in the locker room and change up. There are some things that he need to do, uh, I think, internally for him for them to get to that next level or – I mean, it definitely, I mean, they need some pieces on the, on the roster. But I think, like, when you just look from the outside looking in, I think there's a lot of stuff that 
that he needs to kind of like look at internally. I just think that, you know, his voice just it just seemed like his voice is just not being heard, in my opinion. I just don't think it's being heard as as, as loud as it used to, man. Because if you you keep saying about the they un, they overachieved, but I'm like they overachieved last year. They didn't have a quarterback. They almost went to the playoffs. They won what what, what nine games last year. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like they've been. It's like all I'm saying. You like, think, man, you doing this with a you doing this with a third string quarterback, man. Like you know what it's being doing done with a third string quarterback. Like I mean, like you know it. Why would I get rid of like you in this situation? Would you get rid of Mike Tomlin? If I'm in the situation, I already know I, definitely have a, I, I think I think I think if it was me, I would have a conversation with Mike Tomlin. Like the conversation has to be, all right, what are your steps with the locker room moving forward? I need to know. Like this shit, what you, what what Pick is doing in the locker room, what Devontae Johnson doing, what these boys doing, like I don't want that in my locker room. Like, you need to get it, you need to get a handle on it. Like so that's why we I trade players see, like that. Say what? This is why we trade players like that. Me okay. myself. So, so you say you trade, right? You trade. Y'all got rid of I, don't, I don't. I don't get. I man, me myself, bro. Mike Tomlin stays in the building. This is the same okay. thing Bill Belichick did with New England. You got to. You got to remember. After the first three Super Bowls, man, it was a while before New England w- was able to um win another one. I, I I'm not saying you get. I, I I don't think you. If it was me, I wouldn't get rid of Mike Tomlin. I I, I tell you that right now, I wouldn't get rid of. But I will have a conversation with him. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and I mean, I remember back when uh, I'm gonna take you back down memory lane, man. We, we had Jack Del Rio as our head coach at the time, correct? And the reports was basically Del Rio was a players' coach. He used to let the players get away with a lot of stuff. You no, know, everybody liked playing for him. Then we start fucking losing. Del Rio changed up because. The, the 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 message wasn't getting there. It wasn't it wasn't sticking. So it was like now you we losing. The players ain't buying in, and it just became just like a whole mess. Now, reason why I bring that up is because you know you can say, well, you keep them in the building. Let's just say I have a conversation. I was to have a conversation with Tomlin, and he say, yeah, I'm gonna change this up. I'm gonna change up, and I'm gonna do this now. Now you might lose some of the players. You trade them. Now you trade away your, your talent. Like, um, now granted, they've already traded away a lot of talent. At it. They've traded away Claypool. They've traded away some guys already, you know, since they've, uh, you know, since they've been on this little, I say, I don't say a downward spiral, but like they haven't been winning the NFC North like they usually win it in the last couple of years. You know, it's been Burrow and somebody else. But I just think that, you know, um, you change up now. You 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 lose more players in your locker room now. It's just I, I, honestly, I'm not saying Mike Tomlin's a bad coach in this because I think that's what it's coming off as. What a lot of people might think. I'm thinking he's a bad coach. No, I just think that he would be better suited in another location where his voice is freshly heard. I think he could be more effective as a coach, and he don't have to worry about a lot of shit. And I think you go somewhere like the Commanders. Where they gonna give you some front office power? Now you got some say in your player, your roster management. That's all I'm saying. Like that commander situation is a whole lot more sexier than the Pittsburgh, regardless of how y'all want to look at it. In my opinion, I think it's a more sexy situation, man. 
Yeah, I got I got to keep him, man. That just that just me, man. I got I got to keep him. I think he's proven, man. You know, I think that if if Pittsburgh let him go, it's like I I mean, it ain't too many people you going, you know what I'm saying? But, I agree, um, man. I'm gonna be honest with you though, man. I do got to get to work in the morning though. So I got Okay, um, then, man. Yeah. All right, then, man. So we're going to cut it short then since, um, you know, I knew you said you had to get up and go to the morning. So we're not going to talk about this, this all-star thing and we're going to hide that. So we're going to go right into the departures, man. So let's go right into our de- arrivals and departures, man. Okay. Um, departures, man. I got to look at, um, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, I'm going to go arrivals, man. Arrivals. I'm going to go, I got to go with uh Purdy, man. I'm going with Purdy. I think that he has shown so far right now that he can carry a team to a Super Bowl. Now, can he win the Super Bowl? It's going to be determined. But I think for now, he has proven some of the critics wrong that he's just not a system quarterback, but he's an actual starting quarterback, and he's a starting quarterback that can win games in big moments. Um, and let's just see if he can do the ultimate finishing and, 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 finish, the, and finish the job done, get the Super Bowl. So, I'm gonna give my arrival for this week. I'm gonna give it to uh Purdy, man. Um, my arrival for this week, man, is gonna be um both teams that's playing in the Super Bowl, man. The Kansas City Chiefs and and um San Francisco 49ers. So shout out to both of them. They fan base, you know. All right. So let's uh we'll go into our departures, man. And my departures for this week, man. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I'm making my departure, man. Doc fucking Rivers, man. I'm going to go with Doc Rivers as a departure, man. I don't know what the hell you doing to get these jobs, bro. But how the hell, man, you get another job with the Bucks, bro. Let's just let's just run down this thing with Doc Rivers real quick. He's the, the only coach has blown the most 3-1 leads in NBA history. And this guy has did it with good talent. Bro, he had the Celtics. The big three with them guys. Then he went to um, then he go to the Clippers, right? Yeah, he went they to the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah, he went to the Clippers. He had Chris Paul and uh JJ Red and them boys couldn't get nothing done. Blake Griffin couldn't get nothing done with them boys. Then he went to the 76ers. Joel and B, them boys, and couldn't do nothing, bro. Like, I don't know how the hell Doc Rivers keep getting a goddamn head coaching job. Boy, I don't know what 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 uh information he got on the lead. He got something, boy, because I think that as much as they they giving it, they gave this guy this job, I think in the end, Doc Rivers is going to fail the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's why I'm giving him a departure. Because I think in the long run, Doc Rivers will fail the, the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're gonna be looking and they're gonna be sitting home again for the fucking finals. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, man, Doc Rivers, man, for some reason, man, I think that Doc Rivers has heavily underachieved. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, I, I you know, I mean, you know, with with the, with the coaching thing, like the NBA, man, you, it's not like you have a lot of candidates like you have in the NFL. You know, NFL, you always got candidates. For a coaching job, the NBA man, it's like man, you really got to know what you're doing out there, man. You got to know how to make line, bring in your lineup, your adjustments, and everything like that, though. And I think it's more so with the talent you have on the court. But um, 
think that, man, you have teams that want to win so bad, man, they, they just caught up on these big names, man. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. So who your departure for this week? Oh, man, my departure for this week, man. I got to go with um the two teams that's lost in the got dog on ALC Championship and the NFC Championship, which is the Baltimore Ravens and um and um the um Detroit Lions. No, no, no knock on them, no shade on them, but they my departures for this week because their season over with. Okay. That's what's up, man. And so any final thoughts, man, before we get up out of here, man? Um, dang, I see um he say Doc gonna be all right. That's my partner. What's up, Herb? He say Doc gonna be all right. Um, he probably will, man. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm pulling for him, but you know, I think he got to prove himself. I think he got to prove himself. I think but, he really um, got to prove himself, man. Yeah, man. I, 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 man. Um, oh, um, yeah, man. I just want to thank everybody for um tuning in, man, for rocking out with us, man. And um, as y'all know, man, you know, I got the fitness thing going on, man. So I thank God for that, man. I just thank God for everything, man. All right. And I thank you guys for everything too, man. Please check out our sponsor, Doobie, Doobie.gg. Uh, great energy drink, killing the market on the online game, man. 10% off on your first order, co-pilots. Uh, the link is in the description of this uh, live screen and is actually in running down at the bar of this uh, video. So check out, go to Doobie.gg, use keyword co-pilots and get 10% off on your first order, man. And with that, man... I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the live screen, man. We had a lot of good comments, man. Keep it up, man. We'll be back with y'all next week with more with another live screen. And y'all know me. I, I'm always screaming. So it's your boy, Joe. This your boy, Greg. And we out. Peace. Yeah, man. My bad, bro, man.